show of everything. Top five is presented by the Sex Effects. I'm Joy Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, we have a musically inclined movie man- mania for you this evening. It's it's a hell of a show. We're, we're, we're doing 50-50 music movies, and I'm really excited about that. And you will be, too, once we get to our topics. But before we get to all that, Jonathan, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Spent That's the, good. Uh, the, the, the weekend in uh, San Jose uh, playing some music for this like youth retreat. Yes. So it, was, it was fun. It was isolated. I didn't have any signal or anything, but um, it was cool, man. It's, it was almost kind of inspiring because the, the kids that we played music to... Um, they're, I think they were on like, you know, middle school, like seventh, eighth grade, okay. 13 years old. So, um, it was interesting cause you know, some of the kids asked me like when I started playing music and, and kind of getting into guitar and it's kind of crazy to think like around that age is when yeah, you're playing and, yeah. and starting to be in a band. So, uh, it was kind of inspiring and also like reflective as far as like, wow, like, you know, um, at that age, it's like you're kind of a you're still kind of a sponge and you're trying to figure out what you know what interests you and whatnot and uh if music Absolutely. is something that kind of sparks you uh you know i think the, a lot of the kids were very interested in the music and um yeah it was a lot of fun man it was uh, the, the retreats especially you know kind of being kind of stuck in your in the kind of daily you know uh work life and just kind of doing that it's kind of nice to escape and do something like that and also I would very cool to, you know play music and stuff so um yeah man that's awesome yeah, I, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I'm back, back to it. And um, yeah, actually, re- I was like really excited to record today because uh, yeah, I just did a lot of like just thinking, and I'm like, oh man, like I can't wait for just top fives this week. And um, we were saying off air that we're we're getting kind of creeping close to 200 episodes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, maybe a live show will be in our in our midst. It so, it absolutely should be. Um, Joey, how is how are you doing, man? How was your week? How was your weekend? Um, well, I, I um, did a lot of drinking. My liver is, I believe, inflamed. And, uh, and I'm kind of in a lot of pain, but I, I you know. Um, so I, I'll tell you a little story. Um, you know, I, I actually had a good writing weekend. Um, I knocked out a draft and, and I was like, you know, I had... Stayed up to about two in the morning Saturday working on this thing. And I had one more scene to do, but I was just like, if I do it now, I'm going to be too tired. And, it, you know, I should just wait till the morning, get some sleep. So I did that. And it's like, okay, well, now it's time to edit. But I, I've been here, you know, all day. So I'm going to go to one of the dives near me and, and just have a beer and edit. You know, I brought my iPad with me like a fucking douchebag. And, um, you know, I'm sitting at the bar and it's quiet. There's only a couple people there. Um, and I'm, you know, not being super friendly because I'm working and I'm, I wanted to stay in my own world and, um, bar starts to fill up and this guy, Frank, who I think he told me he was 79. Uh, he was like, I'm, you know, I used to be a boxer. My son's a boxer. And, uh, he goes to my pictures hanging on that wall, starts buying me drinks. Oh, man. Next thing okay. I know, we're in his P2 cruiser with the bartender's boyfriend, and we're over at another dive bar having more drinks. They're playing pool. I'm like, I, I don't know what the fuck happened. I somehow got home <laughs> at like 3.30, 4 in the afternoon yesterday. I was just like, what? And then I've got all these pictures. You know, I wake up, and I'm, I've got all these pictures from yesterday. I'm like, and I've got video of Frank showing me how he used to box and, like, you know, punching Yo, the air and cool. everything. And yeah, so... um. <laughs> 
I really need to stop going on these weird little adventures. <laughs> they sound kind of fun, though, man. Like just yeah. kind of meeting new people, and you know, but you that's never not really even what I wanted. Interesting to story. Do. I just wanted to work. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just one of those things where I'm disgusted with my life and with myself, but I'm not unhappy about that. So, but it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good in the hood, baby. Um, yeah. So there you go. I like that adventures, writing, yeah, well, quite a quite an interesting weekend for sure. Yeah, you know, it was something. It was fucking something. <laughs> but I'm excited that I'm still alive and that my liver hasn't crapped out just yet, so that we can keep potting it up, my friend. So, oh yes, these Let's are good things. Up, y'all. These are good things. Um, but um, maybe I'm going to segue. Okay. I'm going to segue um, into your list, actually, because so I was at this dive bar. I'm going to give it a shout out, Flanahan's on Noriega. And I went there Friday night just for one drink. And, um, oh, I just had an idea. Um, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm just, or one, or, you know, one, two, whatever, however many drinks. Um, and I go there, and there's such nice neighborhood people. Like, you know, I, I do my Friday night thing, I do a shot and a brew. And the bartender's like, do you want another? And I was like, yeah, I shouldn't. I'll just do another beer. And she goes, well, she pours me another shot and pours herself a shot. And it was like, cheers, it's on the house. I was like, Psh. So this is the kind of, you know, I'm, I'm ingratiating myself um, in these situations. And um, anyway, it's while I'm sitting at the bar not talking to anyone because I'm not a friendly person. Uh, and I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see t- that Tom Holland had talked about wanting to do or that he was approached to do a reboot of Back to the Future. And I sent that to you immediately. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? I tweeted. I was a little <laughs> drunk tweeting and I, I, I took it. I took, I deleted them, but I, all I put was God fucking damn it. And, uh, and it's nothing sacred anymore. Um, in all caps. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it does segue into the list. I, 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 once you sent me that article, um, yeah, I was like, gosh, you know, I'm, that's like my one, one of the many fears I have is just someone rebooting the Back to the Future series. It's it's one of my favorite kind of movies and or trilogy actually, and um, I've, I've talked about it probably enough on the show. Um, but it's just one of those uh, I would say untouchable movies um, where you know the the story, the cast, um, the even the time it was uh, filmed and kind of the time you know time it was uh, it was uh, conceived, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really stand, uh, stood the, uh, the test of time. Um, funny enough, no pun intended. Um, as far as, as being a movie that, uh, you know, it, it stands on its own and, um, I just, why remake it? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it brings me to my first list of tonight is, uh, Joey, what are uh, your top five, um, uh, untouchable movies or non rebootable movies? Well, my friend, there are quite a few that I feel um, <laughs> this way about, and I'm putting my list together, and I'm trying to, in my head, think about, because um, I think you and I would have a lot of overlap, so I'm, I'm trying my best to pick movies that uh, hopefully you won't pick. Um, and then if you don't pick them, fuck it, it's our show, we can still talk about them, even if it exceeds five. Uh, but number five, I'm going to go with Carol Reed's The Third Man. 
I oh, love yeah. this movie. I talk about it every chance I get. I think it's such a it's such a masterpiece. And and funnily enough, when we did our episode, I don't, I don't remember how long ago, um, about movies if they were to be remade, you know. And I think this was on my list of well, if they had to remake it, only because I think it would raise awareness and maybe direct people to watch the original original movie. Yeah. But really, I wouldn't want anyone to remake the Third Man. Its charm. Uh, is so unique to itself and there's just no way you could, you could, uh, it's lightning in a bottle, that movie, um, from the zither score, you know, everything happened organically. Uh, Carol Reed was in a cafe and heard, um, Anton Karras, I believe that's how you say his name, playing zither. And was like, you know what? I think that's the, the music for the movie, you know? And, um, the, the, um, uh, Vienna, uh, streets, the cobblestone, the war-torn Vienna, um, you know, you, you, that would have to be a set now or, or, you know, it'd have to be built where it was, it was just that then, you know, then, um, and I don't know that we have, well, we just, we don't have an Orson Welles, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, we don't, I, I don't think, but, um, I don't know that movie. I love that movie so much and, uh, I would hate to see it bastardized. So, Number four, Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Um, oh, yeah, for sure, dude. We, you would not be able to get away with that movie today. Um, or it would be sanitized. It would be toned down. It, would, it, wouldn't, um, it wouldn't go to the lengths that, that it went to in, in, that, in that particular film. And, and Kubrick is so artful and so masterful in his shot composition um, and Malcolm McDowell, like it's definitive. Yeah. It is definitive. You can't do, uh, I mean, you could, you absolutely could, you know, um, it's hard to talk in absolutes, right? Because uh, people said, Oh, no one could ever do another Joker like Jack Nicholson. Well, <laughs> um, you know, so, but uh, I, I just, uh, that movie's untouchable for me. So, mm-hmm. Um, another movie, or at least the first two movies, uh, the first two Godfather films. Oh yeah. The Godfather. I could absolutely see the Godfather being remade, but it's not going to, um, it will not reach the same heights as it did in the seventies because really, um, no one's making those types of pictures anymore. And if they do, it'll be this too safe. It'll be too polished. You know, those movies are polished, don't get me wrong, but there's still a certain amount of uh, grit to them. And, you know, um, they really, I don't know. I just, I, I fear what a Godfather in the 2020s would, would look like, you know, and yeah. how it would feel. Yeah. And it wouldn't feel as authentic as these movies do. You know, I watch those movies and I'm like, oh my God, yes, I'm Italian. And I feel very Italian watching these fucking movies. Um, <laughs> there you go. Number two, um, I do think it's an unwritten rule. I believe it's an unwritten rule that uh, this movie is to never be remade, but we'll see. Money talks. Uh, Casablanca. Oh, yeah, too. Another, Which, another classic as well. A classic and probably the most romantic film ever made, um, I think. And uh, it's one of those, it's another one of those things where they were kind of Everything happened organically. They were making the fucking script up as they went along. No one knew how the movie was going to end um, mm-hmm. while they were shooting it. 
and you know you, you Humphrey Bogart and um, you know um, Ingrid Bergman is just like yeah, you know and then you've got uh, um, Peter Lorre's in a small role um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on, on some of the names but uh, there's so many great character actors and so many great faces that you don't get in Hollywood today, you know, they, that was like those yeah. 1940s European faces that Hollywood had access yeah. to. And we, we just don't have interesting faces anymore. You know, we have pretty faces. We have beautiful faces. Pretty, we don't yeah, have those interesting faces. faces that you just want to look at and be like, huh, okay. <laughs> um, but it gives you so much character, right? Um, yes. You can look at these actors' faces and you you know every everything you need to know. Um. And then, of course, number one, Taxi Driver. Um, hey. And let me just, you know, because I think we kind of sort of got a remake, right, in Joker. Um, mm. And, you know, you watch those movies back to back and there's a certain grime. There's a certain, I hate the word gritty, but it is, it's a grittiness and a grime and it's a filthiness. Um, that was just... That was the world. That was New York at that time. And mm-hmm. to try and recreate it, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to capture the authenticity that that movie has, right? Yeah. Um, as as hard of an actor as Joaquin Phoenix is, like he's not ever going to reach the heights of De Niro as Travis Bickle. I'm sorry. That is one of the all-time greatest performances, and I do not think um, his Arthur Crumb or Arthur Fleck is – is up there. And that's no disrespect to anyone who really enjoyed that movie and and that performance. But, um, I don't know. There's, there's something intangible about taxi driver and so many little flourishes that Scorsese puts in, you know, like, um, when he puts the, uh, was it the alcohol seltzer or whatever the fuck in his, in his water and it's just fizzing and the camera zeroes in on the fizzing and then it goes back to his face and cuts back to the fizzing in his face. And you just, you get where Travis's mental state is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another director wouldn't think to do that. That was Scorsese taking from, you know, European influence and, and all that kind of thing. Um, it would just be so polished today. It would be so yeah. polished. You can almost hear the camera whirring, you know, um, <laughs> in each shot. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. can, you feel like they just got a script, they got a camera and they went out and shot this fucking thing and it doesn't feel yeah. polished whatsoever. And I think that's. When I think about movies getting remade, I don't want that fucking polish. I hate the polish. Um, I love being able to feel someone's fingerprints and something handmade. Um, You know, we just were inundated with cleaning a picture up and, you know, with CGI, we can we can make anything possible. Well, I don't want that. I want, you know, okay, what are our limitations? Let's work around that and be creative and problem solve, which you don't have to do anymore. And, um, yeah, so there's, there's my rant. Um, (laughs) those are my top five untouchable movies. I I like, I like that dude. And I think for what you said about each film, um, it, 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 especially for you as, as far as someone who appreciates film and has studied it and, and, you know, is in that world, um, you know, a lot, I think that's, it's a good reason for not remaking these movies is, you know, because of those things. Um, you know, I, I like that. Like most reboots these days are, yeah, you have that kind of polished feel to it and it's like, yeah, 
I'm okay with like the everyone's movie. wardrobe looks incredible, and you know, yeah. like I don't know, it, it it's lit have, perfectly. It still has to have that kind of substance and character, and 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 the and of course the plot, um, uh, you know, compared to the original one. But I think that's always the tough part too. It's like you know, they're you know, you already have uh, movies to compare it to, and uh, you know, it's it's like trying to capture again that lightning in a bottle, that kind of original what the original director and what the original movie was trying to say in that movie. Um, yeah. You know, is it worth the reboot because of that? So it's like, why uh, don't you have the movie already fucking made? Just re-release it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, it. like Jesus, yeah. um, or write another movie that could be inspired by it, but not yes, absolutely. You know, the and then guess what? Movie. You have two franchises on your hand if you're lucky. Um, exactly. Whatever, um, whatever. Um, I, I think I, kind of going off your third man comment though, it's, it's interesting that, you know, if anything, if a re- if there is reboots that are, ha- you know, I'm sure we're getting tons of reboots these days. But, um, you know, if there's a reboot of probably any of these on the list, if if anything, it would it would just bring more awareness to the movie um, yeah. and kind of leading people back to that, you know, to that original movie. Um, that's what my only I guess my only hope with a lot of these the, reboots is just the saving grace, saving grace. And again, we have the original two as well to, to go back to. Um, yeah. But. I like your list, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear I, yours. I totally agree with all yours. Because uh, well, clock you. record, I don't know how the heck they would do that these days. And it, uh, you again, couldn't. Just, you abs- You could not do it these days. It's, yeah, it's for its time and and for the you know the people in it. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of yeah a lot of things that you can't do again. So. You cannot. No. Um, cannot. Man. Okay, so all right, let's uh, hear it. Let's hear uh, your top five untouchable films, Jonathan Day. So, so uh, one of my big, fa- I have actually a Scorsese film on here, uh, oh. Goodfellas, as right five. on. It's one of my top five favorite films of all time, and I know it's close closest to me on that one, but um, I don't know, kind of the same thing going off of like Taxi Driver, and you know, just being able to capture that that time and especially with the cast and, and having such an amazing, uh, you know, we have like De Niro and, um, you know, we have like, I mean, all these great actors and actresses in this, in this film and being able to like re reimagine that again, it just stands on its own as it is. Like, why would you want to remake the, the movie? And, yeah. you know, there are other movies that I'm sure are inspired by it. And, you know, there are a lot of, you know, there could be a lot of um, gangster movies coming out in the future and, um, it's just one that I think it, it really captures just the the, the kind of life of, of someone who grew up in that in that world and um, and the kind of the repercussions of it. And it's like, yeah, it's such a it's such a good story. And um, I just I can't see a, anyone remaking it, especially with that solid of a cast uh, yeah. being there yeah. in place. So, um, yeah, good fellows. And it would be a lot more conventional, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just. Yeah. <laughs> it's so specific to Scorsese, but whatever. Yes. Uh, so I got Goodfellas for five. Um, I have kind of another, I think I've mentioned this film before, but uh, number four, I've got the fifth element, kind of oh. in the sci-fi realm. Um, I don't know. Like, I could totally see this movie being remade. Um, I could too, yeah. I don't know. I, I I think I just I still l- like it for what it what it is and it and it is such a unique sci-fi film. It never got like a franchise or anything. It was just a you know one you know one hit um, movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, start to finish, and you know, I could totally see them 
see Hollywood, uh, you know, making a three films or whatever. And yeah, but um, I like that it's I, a one and done or an uno and go. Uno and go. Yes, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just all for those reasons. Just um, you know, it it, it was uh, a unique sci-fi film for its time, and um, you know, I th- I think even just the the amount of world building and the way they were in one film able to kind of showcase you know life in space and you know kind of the luxury of space and this kind of mystery of this being and um, yeah it's just it's such an interesting. Uh, film and and you know we got bruce willis and uh yeah all the i felt like all the characters i just can't imagine casting anyone else you know bruce willis is this yeah like kind of tough you know tough guy like uh you know doesn't speak too much but he again he he also carries himself and and finds a way to you know to make you know uh, some very important choices in the film to really you know get connected with other people and have a have a um you know kind of that hero's journey right the uh yeah kind of decider on that so Oh, uh, yeah. All right, let's go Fifth Element for four. Right on. Uh, for three, I've got... I actually just watched this a couple of days ago, um, Fight Club. Oh, okay. Then, um, yeah, Edward Norton, Brad Pitt. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I could. you could replace the two actors and try to do the same movie, but I think initially it's just the... Again, the one-hit, the one-hit uh, you know, movie, one-and-done movie, like... Yeah, I think yeah. It, as far as Edward Norton and Brad Pitt and their kind of uh, you know on-screen kind of chemistry together and the way they were able to spoil alert uh, if you haven't seen Fight Club, uh, <laughs> yeah, turn the fuck off way, right now. <laughs> <laughs> find a way they find a way to to you know make the audience uh, see this kind of progression of this character and eventually um, you find you know you obviously find out that um, Edward Norton's character. And uh, Tyler Durden are the same person in one, and that just a reveal and the and the whole you know it's almost like if you remake it, it's like we already know what we're getting out of the film, you know if you've seen the original, and yeah. um, that reveal and just kind of the build up to it, and actually for for even knowing that at the end of it, going back and watching it again and seeing the little. Uh, little clues or the little scenes that happen, the interactions that happen where you're like, oh man, now I can play this in my head where, you know, he's the, he's having this dual personality kind of issue. And it's just like, it's kind of unique to that film in itself. You know, if you remade it, I felt like, you know, you'll, you'll kind of have that spoiled and, you know, the movies are already made to kind of like have you rewatch it anyways, to kind of pick up on those certain cues. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's again unique for its time, and um, I thought it was a very interesting film. So I I, I still I don't know who, would, especially Brad Pitt, man. I mean, who can replace Brad Pitt in that dude? And uh, Edward Norton's character is is frail and fragile in the movie, and eventually mm. becomes that character. So I think they, again, with the casting and it, it just being able to cast like, you know, these actors that can you know really show that that change and that evolution throughout the movie. Um, and that's, you know, that's always a powerful thing when you can do that and capture the audience that way. So um, yeah, fight club for, for three. I like yeah. that. Uh, last two are, we're probably going to be on your list that we would cross over. So, um, number two, man, Indiana Jones. I, I, I can't, this was the first t- one that came into my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've probably talked about this off air a bunch of times. Um, but, I know they tried to do, and they didn't try to remake it, but they tried to continue the Indiana Jones series, and they're still trying to do it too. Uh, 
I don't know. It's like three films and I'm I'm done with it, man. Like it, it's in the character of Indiana Jones, especially Harrison Ford playing that character, and for its time especially, um, it's just so unique in that moment. And if they were to reboot Indiana Jones today, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they'll keep it in the the era it was, or if it was, you know, it's it was such a interesting time period they picked for this movie. Yeah. And being able to kind of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, have this kind of hero versus like the Nazis and, and all these characters. Um, and, and of course, Harrison Ford, too, you know, even in the in the earlier films, um, you know, I just think he had so, he just embodied that character so much. And, you know, it, it's one thing to say not to remake a movie, but it's also some, you know, a thing to say to rep, to reboot the character of Indiana Jones, like having yeah. someone else take up that mantle and that and those shoes and I just feel like no I just feel like no one else can really play him besides Harrison Ford. I um, I agree with that and I don't know um did you see the news that uh Spielberg is stepping down uh he's not going to direct Indiana Jones 5. Apparently it's going to be James Mangold. Oh. And I okay. You know, it's I don't know man. It's I think for me Indiana Jones, it's got to be Spielberg, Lucas, Harrison Ford. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we'll probably not get great results if uh, if Lucas is there. We probably won't get great results if Spielberg is disinterested um, or Harrison Ford is disinterested. Um, but that to me is, you know, it's not just Harrison Ford. It's Spielberg and Lucas that also kind of it's that tri- it's that triad. Right. Um, yeah. And I saw someone on Twitter, and I, I have to agree with this, that, you know, if it, if, Spiel, if Spielberg isn't directing, it's just another piece of Disney IP that is just, they're just making another installment. Yeah. And um, it really bums me out. But I also, for me, and I think you already kind of said it, you know, um, Indiana Jones concludes after Last Crusade. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can make however many they want, and it's not going to be that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's never going, I don't think it's ever going to reach those heights ever again. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, James, you Mangle. make a really, you make a really interesting point there though, too. It's like, it's the creative teams behind some of these movies too. And, you know, with a reboot, you know, it's like, I feel like these movies would, you know, as for even if if it, if it is something like Indiana Jones, it's you know even having that creative team behind it, the originating team behind the ideas and and where those characters went, and you know, the familiarity yeah. of of the world. You know, I think that's a very important thing. I think for reboots, and I you know I feel like, of course, that's what happens is you know there's other directors or other writers being you know put in, onto these reboots, um, and I just, I just think it's. You know, I I would feel more comfortable if it was the the original originating creative team behind it. Well, it's like you um, go to see a band play, or uh, let's say like like if you go and see Queen today, and it ain't Freddie Mercury singing. Are you really seeing Queen? You know what I mean? I know that yeah. most of the pieces are there, right? But are you really? Are you really? Are you really you know what I mean? Um, I, don't know. I mean, yeah. it's I like, don't know. Yeah. It's a very weird. I don't know. I don't. You know, it's. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the good thing is we have the original movies, which is which will always be there. Always be there. Um, and of Thank course, that Christ. brings me to my my number one, which uh, kind of goes off of the start of the topic. Um, Back to the Future, man. Yes. Um, 
I would, I, I don't know, man. I would actually, I never do this, but I feel like I would boycott the movie and not go see it. <laughs> I'd, I'd do that if with they him, maybe. remake it. Um, I yeah, I, I mean, like, again, just kind of go. I mean, I've talked about this movie enough, but uh, just kind of what they had as far as what they captured in those three films was so unique and interesting. And, you know, I've actually funny enough, like, you know, going back to the creative, you know, like the creatives behind the the movies, you know, Robert Zemeckis, I think said, I think in like, they have like a clause in their thing. Like they have like kind of final say, like they can decide if they're, you know, if they're going to remake the movie or whatever, like um, they've kind of, you know, stood very close to that, um, that kind of uh, 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 message and and because um, they know how closely guarded that movie is and and how a lot of people it's perfect. You know, yeah, it's such a great. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a per- it's a perfect freaking film, man. Especially the first one, man. And it's it, you know, I could see if you know, I could see how they would remake it, but you know, it's like, wh- you know, what for the again, kind of unique to its time, you know, like in the eighties and you know, going back to the you know, kind of the fifties. Uh, when he time travels, it's, it's like, how would they even do it today? You know, it's like, Uh, it'd be through your Apple watch. And uh, I don't know, you know, uh, you you could see a whole thing where like, Oh my God, he has a smartphone in the fifties or, you know what I mean? It's Uh, just like, back, back to future is the DeLorean. It's doc Brown. It's, you know, Marty McFly. It's, you know, uh, even Ein, like you know Einstein, it's like yeah, yeah. The, it's Crispin Glover. There's those <laughs> essential and iconic things to that that movie franchise, and like you know, I just it, when you talk about remaking it or rebooting it, it's just like yeah, even if it is in that way, like a different you know, we're gonna try a different way of doing this time travel or maybe yeah. a different time period. I just I don't I just don't think it will stick the landing, and I don't think it will. Uh, be God, the no. same kind of feeling because there's uh, also this need to subvert expectations and not give us what we've seen before, even if it worked. Right. So they're going to go out yeah. of their way to not do the same thing. And it's just not going to be good. And that's, that's a good point you make, man. Like, you know, I feel like some movies, you know, should be remade maybe because they just didn't stick the landing before or, um, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe like, again, kind of, you know, kind of, uh, uh, coming into the light of, you know, contemporary film and, you know, maybe they're able to, again, kind of uh, get that message across more with the characters. But, you know, like, I guess most of the films we listed, you know, in this, in the, in our list, like, I just feel like they already had the, the main, you know, they already captured me in those moments of those films and really made me feel for those movies. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's kind of the big thing about these reboots and, and kind of, you know, I'm only sold on those reboots if they can give me that same feeling. Um, and it's just like, I feel like no matter what, <laughs> I don't think anything is going to really replace back to the future and how no. it made me feel, especially experiencing that. Um, and of course, experiencing it again and again, when I watch it, you know, whenever I can. So, um, it, and it, it would, it would feel, I think a lot like, um, the amazing Spider-Man films where it's like we just saw this and you're doing it again and it feels tired, yeah. it feels rote, the audience is exhausted and just doesn't give a shit. Um, yeah, I, you know, and, and, and I think it says something to the quality of Back to the Future that that movie was made in 1985 and it would, you would not be able to escape that feeling if it were made today. You know what I yeah. mean? 
Yeah. Man. Like it would still feel tired. It would still be like we just saw this because we throw it on all the time. It's always playing on TV and you know what I mean? Like it's not it's never far enough away from our public consciousness. Um, yeah. Where, that that's where I feel like a movie like like The Third Man, no one knows that movie except film buffs, right? So yeah. I think you could get away with remaking it. Um I think Christopher Nolan would actually be the person to do it. Um, but uh, you know what I mean? Like you don't want a movie that that is so ingrained in our culture and society and people quote that movie without even realizing they're quoting that fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like you can't. You can't. This yeah, is a plea. That's that's, that's a really good it. thought, man, because uh, you're right. It. it you know some of the you know some of the movies on our list are very impactful in society and and our culture and I think that's uh you know that's that's why we're so near and dear to some of these movies and yeah. why we're closely guarding them because man I, yeah anyways yeah. Uh, Back to the Future is number one it's a good list always be my number one um, lovely 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 lad um good list man the only two that uh, we didn't talk about. Citizen Kane, which who's dying to remake that movie? I don't know. It could actually be kind of timely. Um, make it more of about Trump than than um, Hearst, but and then the original Star Wars trilogy. I could see yeah. them going back and remaking the original Star Wars trilogy, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. We'll see. Um, good list, though, Shawnee. Good list. Um, good idea for the list. Very good. Are you ready for another list? Hit me with it, dude. Okay, I'm going to hit you over the fucking face with it. Um, this one we can kind of recycle and come back to um, every so often um, because it's what's what's currently on rotation. What are your top five current records currently spinning in your player or on your spotty? Um, oh, what, spotty. What, what has you right now? What are you jamming to? And I, it takes me a long um, time to get into records and things. Um, so I'm, I've finally gotten to the point where I feel like I have five that I can talk about, you know. And so, but you're constantly listening to music. You're constantly um, turning that soil. So, um, what are your top five current records right now? Yeah, it's uh, constantly turning. I've got. I just kind of. I, I listen to most of my music on Spotify these days. So Same. I just kind of look look through my list of recently played albums, songs. Um, so this is what I got. You're going to find some of these kind of interesting. Uh, Excellent. I got number five, uh, Riley Ritchie, um, you're a man, you're a man now boy, which is the album. Riley okay. Ritchie is the gentleman who played gray worm on, uh, game of Thrones. No shit. And I for, try to figure out, I'm trying to remember how I found his music or how I found out he did music as like, I think that like literally aside from acting, that is his gig. Is uh, he's a, I would say like in, I don't know, the genre wise maybe like R and B, but also cool. it's not like hip hop. I don't know. It's you know it's like the of course. Did him and Hodar um, jam together? No, you know actually that would be kind of a cool that'd uh, be dope. collaboration right there. Yeah, it would but be. But honestly, dude, I I. I've been digging it. I've been listening to some of the music he has and um, he, you know, I've, I'm kind of sucker for like uh, British artists and they have like the British, you know, they have their accent come through. It, Stand it up, look sharp. Yeah. 
but uh, he's got he's got quite a good voice. Uh, you know, he has a good singing voice, and um, his songs are very uh, you know interesting and um, uh, you know like you know I'm always interested in the production and everything. So the just the the way the songs are put together and um, and they're pretty catchy. So I I don't know. That's it was just awesome. Kind of a, kind of a, a find that I, I, I found him like once Game of Thrones ended, like I was just kind of looking into like, Oh, you know, where are these actors now? Where are and they now? I found the, yeah, that he was in, in music and I imagine I like, he would be like John legend. I, yeah. It's, it's more like, I'm trying to think of like the genre, you know, it's more like kind of like pop, not even pop. I don't know. Just take, take a listen to it, man. It's, it's actually, pretty, all right. Yeah, I will. Pretty interesting. No, that sounds great. Um, so five, uh, Rilo Ritchie, um, number four, I found this band again, randomly, I don't know, through some sort of playlist or something. Um, this band called body thief. Oh, that sounds naughty. Yeah, the naughty. And the, uh, the album's called travel glow. And, um, they kind of got like, um, I'm trying to think of like a band compared. There's a band called circus survive that kind of, you know, they're, like a very uh, high falsetto, like vocals, but very, again, very uh, um, kind of groovy, like groovy guitar licks. And um, so, like the darkness, you're describing the darkness. Yeah, <laughs> almost. Darkness, more like rock oriented. I don't know, maybe like prog- I don't know, progressive rock. Prog rock. Like, prog rock is, the, is the, the name for it. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I just, again, just kind of like, you know, I haven't really been listening to too many bands like as you know like new bands as of late and um judging by like their spotify like they they seem like a uh like a a fairly upcoming band i would think um you know they i i've i see on the like their tours like they're kind of opening for people and so it, i always kind of uh get interested in bands that are like kind of at the cusp of like yeah we're starting to like open for bands and you know, we have like two albums out, you know, like just very early in their career. And um, I always think that's cool to kind of, you know, kind of catch a band right there and, and see them kind of progress from there. So, yeah. um, and it's a, it's a genre that I don't really, you know, I used to listen to the kind of like a similar genre to that, but um, you know, it's just cool to like see what, where that genre is kind of gone and evolved into. And I think that band um, kind of embodies that. So right on. Uh, yeah. Body thief for four. I like it. Uh, number three, another, again, all these are kind of like random finds. Um, this girl, her name is R- Raven, R-A-Y-V-N, Lane, L-A-N-A-E. And the Wait, album say, is called, say it one more time. Raven. Uh, Raven Lane, L-A-N-A-E. Um, and the album is called Moon Shoes. Moon uh, Shoes? Caught in the sultry R&B genre. Ooh, I, fa- okay. I found her through, um, I listened to this band, Hiatus Coyote, and they're kind of in that genre too. And I just found her through that playlist. And right I don't on. know, I'm just kind of captivated by her her, her uh, voice, but also the music is very interesting, especially for that genre. It's it's the music behind her her vocals. It's just very, uh, um, you know, I mean, I, I, there could be so many genres you could put it under, but. Yeah, I mean, I just think her music's interesting, and especially for um, for artists today, kind of doing the R and B sultry. I think what she brings to that genre, and and of course, you know, with her voice and and the production, um, it's it's very unique and interesting. And I I can't stop listening to this this EP. Um, yeah, so Raven, Lene, fantastic. Uh, number two. Strawberry Girls, the band Strawberry Girls. 
Um, and the album's called Tasmanian Glow. Strawberry All Girls, right. uh, interesting enough, the, uh, the bass player of this band, they're a three-piece uh, instrumental band. Uh, cool. The bass player, Ian Jennings, um, went to my college, or went to CSUMB, and was in the music department. I think he was uh, like a year or two below uh, when, I was, uh, when I graduated. But um, yeah, I, fe- I like, literally was nice. like, oh my God, That's this so guy cool. has a project, and now they're like, touring with like, a whole bunch of bands that I know. So. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Cal State Monterey Bay. Do you know where that is? <laughs> I've never been there. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Strawberry Girls for number two. Interesting instrumental music. Killer licks. Killer bass lines. Killer drums. Got a killer um, bassist. Good, good, driving, <laughs> good driving music. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. So number two, Strawberry Girls. And for my number one... Um, these guys are super interesting. They're, they're called the free nationals and they just released their self-titled, uh, free nationals album. Okay. Um, they are the backing band to, um, Anderson pack, the, uh, the artist Anderson. Pack. Yeah. He yeah. Incredible singer. Um, and amazing drummer too, as well. He can drum and sing at the same time. And his band, the free nationals are just, I mean, they're such a funky groovy band. Um, just just like seeing the kind of energy or the uh, the kind of chemistry uh, with the band, especially when they play with Anderson Pack, um, I was actually really excited to check this album out. I think it came out a couple weeks ago, or last month or something. So, um, yeah, uh, they're self-titled. They got a whole bunch of you know, since they're just a band, they have a whole bunch of featured artists on their record, including Anderson Pack. And um, yeah, it's again kind of again groovy music to listen to if you're trying to just do, you know kind of chill out and. If you're in the car or whatever, and I think um, the the musicianship and the collaborative kind of efforts with this album, I think I really you know I really dig, and I think it's great that they're able to you know put out an album as their as their band itself and yeah and kind of stand on their own. So uh, yeah, and I very cool. Tour- I believe they're touring too, like without Anderson Pack. So it's like that's kind of a okay. crazy crazy thing. It's cool that they were able to like. They they have their own thing, so yeah, 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 um, absolutely. So yeah, free nationals. Yeah, I like it. Well, that is a Whole good bag. <laughs> that is good. That is real good. There. Thank you. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, always open to all like sorts of music, but like honestly, this is like my one thing I've been trying to do when I meet like a new person or I'm talking to people is is really kind of get. Uh, what kind of music they're into, and maybe hopefully discover some music from them. So, um, always, always willing to uh, to check out new music. So, see, because um, this is how you practice open mindedness. I don't know how to do that, uh, which is why I'm stuck listening to the same fucking records all the time. Cool. I'm bored of it, and yet I can't no. stop listening to it. Um, there's comfort good, in records. it. There are very good records. We're going to talk about some good records right now. Um, but you have a very good list, Shawnee, and, and food for thought. I'm gonna. I need some new stuff to listen to on my commute. So, um, number five for me, uh, the freewheeling Bob Dylan, it's the second record. Hey, okay. And uh, my favorite Bob Dylan song is on here. Um, Don't think twice. It's all right. Open side two. Um, it's a good song. It's a very good song. There's some other good ones that I can't think of at the top of my head at the moment, but that's the one that I was just like, yes, I need this on vinyl. Um, and folks got it for me for Christmas. So, um, Hey, yeah. 
Number four, Big Star. Number one record is the title of the record. Have you listened to Big Star? I don't think I have all the way through. Okay, it's really good. Um, It's kind of that post-Beatles, you know, early 70s rock. um, Yeah. A lot of good harmonies. And I didn't realize um, when one of their songs came on, hanging out down the street. Oh, really? Same old thing. Yeah, the 70s show. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, shoot. Crazy. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Enough of that. Um, Very good record. Very, really, just really enjoyed listening to that one. Um, Check it out. Check it out, Norman. Check it out. Yeah. Um, Number three, Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Um, Oh, man. Classic. Benny and the Jets. The Jets. Dun, 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 dun. That was basically my soundtrack this last weekend. Um, Dude. I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, such, and, such a good you know. like record, man. As far as like, yeah. such, like the writing and everything, and the and the the you know the musicianship. Like mm-hmm. it's again, I guess uh, I feel like we haven't mentioned my dad in a minute. Michael Day, <laughs> thank you so much for for. I think my uh, I believe my dad got me that record on vinyl. Um, I think it was like last year. Um, such a solid album though, for sure. My mom gave me her copy and it was the first record she ever bought with her own money. Yo, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love you, Ma. Um, (laughs) so there you go. Uh, (laughs) number two, I'm going to go with, um, you know, it's wings, even though on the record sleeve, it's credited to Paul McCartney, but it's wings band on the run. Band on the Run, baby. I got this record for five bucks. I've been waiting because I've always see it a little overpriced, just a little more than I want to pay for that particular record. And I got a gorgeous copy for five dollars um, at Tunnel Records down on uh, Terravel. So hey, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's the the song that I keep going back to is Jet. 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 It's so good. It's so did, good, man. Did they um, play that? Uh, did they play that when we saw? Them? No, no. no huh? oh, and I was man. reading though, like the baseline of it um, is actually a Moog. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's like um, that's pretty, pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. Ooh, cool. And there's also a really great song called uh, I think it's called Picasso's Last Words. Um, and how's it go? It's something like. Um, uh, Drink for me, drink to my health. You know I can't drink anymore. And then, but it, it's like a seven, eight minute song, and it goes through all these different styles of music, but it keeps coming back to that, yeah, you know, refrain or whatever. And he's like, "Well, I wanted, you know, Picasso painting goes through all these different types of styles and things, so why not reflect that in the music?" Oh, and, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. So I've been I've been throwing this on a lot lately. Um, jet, like as soon as I get off work, Jet, new, woo, woo, it's so good, it's so good. Um, and then my number one record that I've really been just vibing and feeling lately, um, Bad Finger, No Dice. Yo, um, you know it's nice. got a, a lot of really really good songs, but the two I think standouts for me at least, um, I'm blanking on the names. I can I can play them. Um, but I've, I've got to look up the names because, um, they're just so good. Um, 
the uh, uh, no matter what, no matter what you are, dun, 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 I will always be with you. Yeah. That's such a good song. Um, and then without you, obviously, I can't live if living is without you. You know, everyone knows that song. Um, but yeah, so I've really been enjoying Badfinger, No Dice. Um, yeah, these are older records. I think they're all from the 70s. I think the Bob Dylan one's from the 60s, but whatever. Um, yeah. That's hey, what I've been vibing to Me, right now. Honestly, it's like music is timeless, man. Sometimes like... Music is timeless you know, sometimes. So actually, like even last week, I felt like I listened to a lot of albums like from like the like 80, uh, se- like 70s and 90s. That was like my mixed bag of like different genres. So, Well, it's um, smart that you skipped the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was some good music in the 80s, but... Was there? Yeah. Um, um, but You'll have yeah. to show me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I like your list, Joey. I think, um, again, it's like, especially kind of, you know, you mentioned kind of vi- the vinyl, too, as well. Like, you know, really kind yeah. of getting into listening on vinyl. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been... Most of the stuff I mentioned is like, is Spotify. I'm in my car, like, jamming to work or something. Yeah. So it's like, it's cool. Well, you there's have also moments to listen and, and sit down and, and really get, get into those, into the music. Especially, uh, you know, band on the run and uh, big star. Like I, I knew I wanted to listen to those records, but I made a point not to listen to them on Spotify until I had them on vinyl and could appreciate uh, yeah. them that way. And then I can allow myself to listen to them digitally, but I didn't want my first exposure to be that way. I wanted it to be, to be the right way. I like that. that. I gotta do that. So do that. Yeah. Cool, man. Right on. I love the list. I love love your list, list, y'all. Hopefully, we're turning people onto some some new stuff to check out and listen to. Hey, hey, hey. And if not, well, thanks for listening this far. I suppose. Um, (laughs) Jonathan, do you have anything you'd like to share with our dear, sweet, lovely, imaginary audience this week? Um, man. Uh, wow. I I can't think of anything at the moment. Um. I gotta start coming up with stuff to share this week. It's been just kind of a wild, like weekend, and um, I don't know. Just gonna, I'll just leave it at that. I think, um, you know, I, I was just uh, just kind of reflecting on our our show from from uh, uh, from last week, and um, yeah, it. I'm I'm just excited for some new Blind Issues music. So I'm very um, excited for that. We we gotta find a way to get some of our our uh, listeners to, to to get on our old some of our old uh, material. Um, so we'll, we'll find a way to to. to well, uh, we'll we'll choose a week where we want to be lazy and not record an episode, and then we'll just <laughs> <laughs> put our album out as as the episode for that week. How's that? Why why not, guys? Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's all I, that's all I got, man. Honestly, right on. I'm just just been uh, just going with the flow. Uh, Joey, do you have anything to share this week as well? I watched Knives Out, the Knives new Ryan Out. Johnson picture. Okay. How the was murder it? mystery one. Very good. Yeah. Highly recommend. Okay. Yeah. Who's, um, uh, who, star- who stars in it? Daniel Craig, Anna de Armas, um, fuck, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, wow, Jamie Lee okay. Curtis. Um, Quite a cast there. Christopher Plummer, it's quite the fucking cast, and they're awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. There's probably more that I'm blanking on. The um, I think the girl from Love Simon is in it, and she was really good in it. 
Um, yeah, check it out. It's it's good. Oh, oh my God, Lakeith Stanfield's in it. Oh, cool. Um, who he's always always wonderful in whatever he's in. Um, yeah, Daniel Craig does a really weird, terrible Southern accent. He always sounds English, even when he's doing a hick. Fucking uh, Louisiana almost. Um, yeah. I, I'm yeah. Trying oh, to Chris like, Evans is in it. Chris Evans, too. Yeah. Oh, Chris Evans, too? Yeah. Man, that's a that's quite a cast for uh, It's quite the fucking film, cast. Man. Jeez. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a murder mystery. Uh, but I to me, it was a little obvious what was, you know, who was good, who was bad. But I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the characters. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's very tightly scripted. And you you really expect... Nothing less from uh, from Ryan Johnson. Um, I think Looper is one of the tightest scripts and stories I, I, I've seen in, in I don't know how long. So um, there you go. There you go. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Um, Jonathan, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, my friend? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter at Shonday Music, and on my website, ShondayMusic.net. Net. Slowly updating the website again. I think I mentioned last episode. You I'm, did. I'm starting to starting to put more music on there and um, trying to get like everything I've worked on and just all the stuff I've been involved in on there. Um, Fantastic. So hopefully, I have some time this week to update that. So that is <laughs> good. Check it out. That's good to hear. Everyone? Yeah. Do um, it, Joey. Where can we find you on the interwebs? You can check me out on Twitter at Joey Prady and on my website JoeyPradyScripts.com. You can check out the show at Top5Pod. That's T-O-P-F-I-V-E-5-P-O-D on Instagram, on Twitter, at gmail.com, and on Facebook at Top5Podcast. We're on Apple Music, Google Play, and SoundCloud, so please give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow, give us your love, and we will give you many more lists in return. Until next time, I am Joseph H. Parati. And I'm Sean Ian Day. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, yeah, one seventy five in the books, in the books.